Welcome back to the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Great episode this week. Really enjoyed all the interviews. Three great ones. Burnoff, Brent Fiaz, and Duckworth. First up is Burnoff discussing his latest tour, some of his latest music, and an upcoming album that is on the way. He reveals some details on that. Here's my conversation with him. All right, so how are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, I just um, I arrived yesterday, and I'm in Boston right now. Staying at a friend's house. It's marvelous. How's this current tour going? Very well. I've just I've done a lot of uh, a string of uh, shows with my band in Europe, and it was fantastic. And I had to I have to readjust my head to playing solo shows now. But I think <laughs> I think I'll manage. <laughs> we'll we'll kind of see tonight whether what? it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope hope best of luck to you. But what's the difference between playing with a band and doing it solo? Well, there's uh, a lot more to think about, like cerebral stuff when I'm playing solo, because I, I need to, you know, um, be in control of uh, more elements of what I'm doing. Like when I'm playing with a band, I can sling a guitar around and, and try to look cool. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm playing solo, I need to, to make sure that the, the drummer is tight and the bass player is getting down with it, because they're both me. And there's <laughs> tons of stuff to to kind of take care of, but um, and it, there's there's a different energy level as well. I mean, um, the, uh, the physical exertion of playing with a band is is, is a bit greater because I have the freedom to move around more. Uh, whereas I'm I'm kind of like locked to one position when I'm playing solo, and it I think it's a it's a level of intimacy between me and the audience as well that that I guess is is stronger when i play solo because the i mean the distance between me and the audience just gets um it's a pro- proximity booster playing alone hmm. yeah you can get like you can get a lot closer and this is that it's just almost like yeah. kind of one-on-one interaction between you and an audience member in a way yeah so, yeah there's definitely a lot of difference there you mentioned you had some shows in europe earlier you're now in your north american portion of the tour what's it like to make music that, that transcends continents uh, it feels amazing, actually. I like the the first time I played in in, uh, in uh, the states. I was playing a show in New York, like a small small gig at Rockwood, like the the small room there, mm-hmm. and it was it was just felt amazing that I was uh, welcomed and and included in a kind of a like a a fellowship. <laughs> Yeah. Almost, so because because the music that I make is is it feels very uh, feels very American to me. I mean, I was I was always listening to American music, so that that influence kind of fused into my what I do. So to to go to America is, is always a special thing to me. And when I, when I recently played in in Prague in the Czech Republic, I was I felt like wow, this was like the first time I, I played there, and I felt. It felt amazing. People are like shouting in the middle of songs, just like in the states. And it turns out that the, like the main bulk of them were Americans. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a huge kick for me actually to play in America because people are 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 uh, responding to that type of music that I play in a in a very unique way. It's like that they 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 get the music in in ways that a Norwegian, uh, an average Norwegian doesn't mm-hmm. yeah definitely as as americans we like to let our voice know, be known from the audience i will <laughs> <laughs> we'll admit that one 
and I, th- I think it's so interesting that, you know, your music definitely does have an Amer- a very American feel, you know, described as like R&B and this kind of soul. How would you describe your style? Um, it's a superbly tricky question. Um, I, I think I set out, I was trying to make soul music when I, when I made my first solo album. I didn't quite know whether I succeeded or not. And then it's, but I think it's, it's, I think an R&B tag to it is pretty accurate because it, it kind of like, it's a, it's a broad enough tag for me to, to go in and out of like a, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a specific genre. I, I even feel kind of like genre, I'm, I'm insecure what the genre entails, but as long as it's broad enough, I mean, rhythm and blues is pretty. That's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I guess R&B is a, is a good enough tag, I think. Yeah, but you don't feel like restricted by staying in one lane or one genre for the most part. You feel like you can kind of, you know, go go out with the, uh, between, on a song-by-song basis kind of, right? Yeah, and I feel it's, it depends on how you view it, but I think it's a strength or a weakness with my albums is that they they cover a lot of ground. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm ever going to make an album that sounds you know homogenous or you know sounds like one sound it's always going to be tons of different influences in there um but as long as the the understanding of music is kind of wide enough for it to be good music or bad music hopefully good then yeah. that's that's cool to me I think it's pretty good, and yeah, I mean, it's boring when you listen to one album and it's the same sound over and over again. That's what I, that's what I like about listening to your music. It's like, you know, it's a different sound on this song from the next one yeah. to the next one. So I really yeah, like- I, I, I certainly feel that way, that, that I tend to get bored. But you have the exceptions, though. I mean, if you listen to what's going on, Marvin Gaye album, then it's basically like the same song over and over, but it still feels right. If you know yeah. what I mean, it's uh, some some people can do that, but I, I think that in general I tend to like the albums that are more diverse in their soundscapes. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can reach his level, I mean, I think you can do whatever you kind of want <laughs> at that point. So um, I would not pretend. <laughs> I wasn't kind of comparing myself. To oh him, no, but, I understand. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Um, so your latest release, this earlier from earlier this year, uh, the morning comes. How would mm. you describe that project? Well, it was part of a like an EP, a uh, string of EPs that eventually turned out to be just two because I found out in the middle of that that whole string of EPs that I was really an album kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think that what happened with The Morning Comes was that the EP kind of frame of mind to me was like a creative free space where I could just write songs without having to think about like a bigger form because I was always into like a, a red thread flowing through the songs lyrically on an album and that's in a way it's very productive but it's also very it constrains creativity in a way that i i felt kind of clogged that i need to 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 just move out of that way of thinking but the morning comes actually turned out to be uh as stringent lyrically as the 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 albums that i made it's almost like it's a it's a way as an album way of album way of thinking that forced itself into the EP as well. So I think that um, it was a, a really cool project to do because I I still had that I felt I had the creative freedom 
but I realized as I was writing the, the, the lyrics to the songs that they were essentially concentrated on a specific topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think would give you that creative freedom that maybe you know, some of these albums and these EPs really haven't really afforded? I think they have. I think they have, but I think a type of freedom that I, you know, bask in in one year might not be the same type of freedom that I feel. Like one year's freedom is the next year's constraint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how to define it any better than that, but I think that that's the. I think that I just need to be open to that. I'm not the same guy as I used to be. Well, yeah, a couple it, of years back. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like you know, mm. you push the envelope one year, you know, and grow as an artist, and then the next year, well, you've already been to those places, so it's time to do something a little bit different. So that kind of yeah. that kind of freedom is constantly changing and evolving from project to project mm. and year to year. Is that what you kind of mean? Mm. Yeah, I think so. All right, I think so. Um, right now, after that, that was earlier this year in January. Uh, what are you currently working on or worked on before the tour started? I'm. I've actually recorded an album and like no time at all. I was, I was, uh, I have this band in Norway that, you know, we have a really good vibe flowing, good chemistry. And I just wrote, suddenly wrote tons of songs and we tried them out in different gigs and festivals and stuff like that. And then suddenly we had a, a bulk of material that we thought, Hey, let's try and rehearse this for two straight weeks and then go in the studio for two weeks more and see what we come up with. And boom, there's the album. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's recorded. It hasn't been mixed yet, but I think it's uh, yeah we're releasing it next year. That's exciting. So how long was that? How long was that process? I mean, it sounds like it was really short. Just a couple weeks only, only to, uh, from the beginning yeah. to the recording. Well, from the very beginning, it's a it's a, it's a bit longer time span than that. Mm-hmm. But from from the moment that I decided to to kind of like let's just try and write some songs for this band and record it as a band and record the songs, you know, mostly live together in a room. Um, I think it was half a year from, you know, the inception of that vision mm-hmm. to actually just doing it. But I think as long as when, when we had the, the, the songs, it was so quick. I mean, this is an amazing thing. So the, like the first time, in years that I known the lyrics of the songs before I record them, you know, not reading them off a sheet like a like a piece of paper, because <laughs> <laughs> we've rehearsed them, we've you know done the done the done the work mm-hmm. you know, in in a in a room, played it over and over, you know, changed the arrangements, rehearsed some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's gonna be so nice when you, especially to have that kind of band and that chemistry with them. Where you're yeah. able to, you know, you have you find these songs and you have this creative spark, and then just say, okay, let's start playing them, and in just a matter of weeks, you have something recorded. That's, yeah. So that's incredible chemistry. Obviously, you have. It's gotta be nice to have that with your band. Um, yeah. Now looking forward to the rest of this tour. What are some of your hopes for the North American portion? No, I just I just uh, look forward to reconnecting with people. I hope the people are rambunctious that they <laughs> make these <laughs> shout out there. Because I, I, I love that. The, my favorite albums, the, the live albums of, you know, Donny Hathaway and Aretha Franklin, King Curtis. You can tell that people are there and they haven't, they're having a good time. They're talking to each other. They're, they're throwing 
remarks to the band. The band responds to to, <laughs> to the messages they get from the room. As yeah, it's amazing. I, I look forward to that. And I also have some really cool supports this this time around. Like in New York, we have Andy Suzuki and the and the Method playing a set. And uh, in Philadelphia, there's this uh, really cool singer called Limo. And on the West Coast, it's Raylene Nicole who's actually doing a, a um, duet on that album too. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to see what they what they do live. Definitely. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. You have a show in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll have to come out and see that and shout some stuff out myself. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> I definitely will give you that nice uh, energy. Well, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. And good luck with the rest of your tour. I have a, good, I have a feeling you'll, you'll be just fine doing it solo. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right. See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Big thanks to Bernal for coming on the show. Remember, go check out his tour. See if he's coming to a city near you. Next up is Brent Fayez. He released his brand new album, Sanderson, his debut solo album. Talk to him about that, as well as his feature on Gold Link's crew, one of the biggest songs of the summer and biggest songs of the year. Here's my discussion with him. How long did you work on your latest project, Sanderson? Um, I'd say we started it after the Into Project, but I wasn't like working on it like consistently but i'd say maybe like all in all about like four or five like solid months this this album has a lot of stories about your life being your debut how important was it for you to tell these um i I felt like it was it was definitely necessary um being that like i want to um i have like a lot of like i don't know like interest in whether it be like politics or civil rights or whatever people want to call it. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, so naturally, like, because I want to influence people and I want to be, I want to be influential and people look to me for a lot of things other than music. I felt like it was important for me to put out a project about myself so that it get people interested in other things I was going to talk about. So I wanted people to get to know me as a person before, uh, listening to my words and, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, so they can, they can have like a better understanding of your music by knowing, you know, what you've gone through in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is one story you kind of told in this album that that you know, you really wanted to share? What what was the one you wanted to share the most? Um a lot of them, man. Um I'd say probably uh I think LA was a really good one. I think L.A. was necessary. It was a story I had to tell. So, looking at the title, what does the word Sonder mean to you? Um, to me, um, Sonder is the, the realization that every individual passerby has their own life just as vivid and complex as yours. So I think it means that everybody like that you come across has, has their own thing going on, like, as much as we try to focus on everything that we've got going on, everybody's got a got a story. What what culture is that from? I'm not familiar with that one. Um, I think when I find the word, I think it was from like um, I just stum- I stumbled upon it like on the internet one day. I think it's from the this thing called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows from some seventies TV show. It's not even the English dictionary. Okay, I was I was just wondering because I was you know I was thinking like maybe you know if that was from some particular culture maybe you know. Or if you were a spiritual person or not. 
Oh, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's sci-fi. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a spiritual person, though. I wouldn't say like necessarily religious, but yeah, I believe in God. Is that how does that influence your music? Um, in a lot of ways, man. Um, I, I feel like I feel like me 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 being spiritual, me having my faith, like um, I don't know it kind of um. I don't know, man. I, I think like it's in everything I do, not just music. So yeah, it's just it's yeah. Some, it's one of those things that kind of like just touches everything of your life, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. So you were, you know, you're in the group, um, Sonder, and when what made you want to, you know, break away and start to do a little bit more solo work? Um, well, I was always a um a solo act. The um the group was more of a collective. It came like kind of bridging the gap between all of our solo um, endeavors. And then we just did the group together as a collective, kind of like, like a side project, but it kind of like blew up. So like, yeah, it was, it was always um, the plan, the intention from the beginning to have a solo career. So we're all doing that and we're still doing the band stuff. So it's kind of like coinciding. It all works. It goes together. How did that all get together? Um, D-Pat and Atu, uh reached out to remix one of my records on SoundCloud. They reached out to remix Allure. And um, they came to L.A. for a session. Well, they had a show, and they came and we did a session, and we locked in. And ever since then, like, we've been rocking. We went to uh, Atu's apartment in Orlando, and, uh, yeah, we did it into in, like, a week or something like that. Jeez. Is that when you knew, okay, that we have something here? Yeah, I pretty much knew it after we cut the first song. I was like, nah, this is about to go crazy. Yeah, sometimes when you get, you know, just one of those first couple of songs, you usually get that feeling like, okay, this group, there's something there's something going on between us. We have some good chemistry. So that's awesome that you guys had that. So Yeah, definitely. I heard that, I heard somewhere that you had started as a rapper. What made you want to transition to singing? Um, shoot. I think um, it was really my management. Um, yeah, he reached out like um, what was it on like on Twitter or something like that, and was like, yeah, and I was doing both. He was like, yeah, man, you should stick to singing because like there's so many rappers out here. And at that point, becoming a rapper had been difficult to me because it was just like so many people rapping, and then like. You would spend all day working on a record, and then you would only have like the first verse written. And it was all about bars and writing a whole lot. But like singing, it just made more sense. It was more natural. It felt easier. So I just went with that. Um, one of the best, you know, one of the really uh, up and coming singers right now, and one of the best features of the year, I would say, is yours on Gold Link's crew. How did that all come about? I appreciate it. Um. We knew of each other, like me and Gold Lane, both our men knew each other, but we hadn't really gotten in the studio or met or nothing like that. But we were from the same area. So we got into the studio when we got when we came to LA and uh we caught like crew and like another idea. And um initially like that wasn't supposed to be the hook on crew. Uh I just couldn't really think of nothing else to write and then he cut his part and then they sent it back and it had Glizzy on it and it just went. Yeah, that that seemed to work out for the best, I think. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right, so coming off this album, what's the next step for you? 
Um, tour, tour, visuals. Um, I want to I want to get more in the in the writing and producing for other artists as well. Um, yeah, so just holding my craft and just keep working at it. I want to keep progressing, keep getting better. Well, it certainly sounds like you got a lot going on. If you ever come to Philadelphia on your tour, I'd love a chance to come out and see you live. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Brent. Oh, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Big thank you to Brent for coming on the show. Remember, check out his debut album, Sanderson, out right now. Also listen to Crew by Goldlink. He has an excellent feature on that song as well. Last, but certainly not least, is Duckworth. You can catch him on tour right now. He's opening for Rich Chiga. I'm looking forward to maybe seeing him in Philadelphia. Also, he has a new project on the way. Here's my conversation with him. How long have you worked on this uh, latest project, your upcoming project, an extra ugly mixtape? Well, it started off, um, actually, when I was working on the last project, I'm Ugly. And it's um, maybe like two of them or songs that like, didn't make it on I'm Ugly to like, finding its way to this new one. So I would say, like, since, like, probably 2016. Okay. So is this supposed to be the fo- a follow-up to that I'm Ugly project? Exactly. Is this going to be kind of similar in sound and feel to that one? In a sense. Um, but not really. <laughs> so you're going to... Um, Go ahead. It's definitely bigger, and it's it's breaking more genres. Like, it's pretty much breaking the boundaries of genres, you know? So, like, the last one was more, like, song-based. This one still has, like, funk in it, but it has, like, more of a rock element. Um, and, yeah, it's just bigger. How important do you feel like it is today for as an artist to be able to, you know, perform in multiple genres and not just stick to one? Um, it's as important as the artist makes it to be. If an artist wants to, like, kick it in one genre, like, that's fine, you know? But if an artist wants to, you know what I'm saying, like hop from one to the other, you know, still like, you know, just have fun with it. They should be able to. I mean, I guess that's why I like, that's why I'm doing this project the way I am doing it. To kind of make it as more of a comfortable uh, topic. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, just Go ahead. Just like make it where it is an option to hop from one genre to the other, you know? Yeah, it's, I always like that when artists have the ability to not just, you know, stick in one lane, to be able to make new music and have those different kind of sounds in, in, from uh, one project to another. Yeah, it's fun. So what what made you want to, you know, be able to, to like, do that and get, get out of one genre and just kind of switch lanes almost from song to song? Um, pretty much based off of my musical inspiration, like, my musical inspiration spans, like, it's vast. <laughs> it goes from, like, classical and, like, gospel to, like, hip-hop to metal and punk. So, yeah. It, it, it's big, so I felt like uh, injustice by not being able to um, show that on my projects and my music. And I've been working on like getting it in there since like my Nowhere project. And uh, as time goes on, just being able to develop it more, because like there's a thin line between like actually being able to do it and like it being corny. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't feel like I wanted to like fully go there until I knew it was more developed on my side. On this project, are you going to be working with a lot? Did you, you know it's, if there's some new sounds on it? Are you working with some of the sim, uh, similar people, or are you kind of switching up and, and branching out with who you work with? Uh, no, I'm working with the same people. There's like two new producers on there, but um, 
and like uh, a couple new musicians, but for the most part, it's the same people I've been working with for for years now. What's that feeling like to be able to, you know, work with the same people project after each project and still be able to create these new feelings and sounds? Um, it feels right because it's kind of like just family, you know, and it's just the more that you really like, you know, chisel at the sculpture, you know, the actual, like, the better the form is at the end of the day. So being able to work with the same people is just like, damn, like, we know we did last one. So all we're going to do is just like go harder, go bigger. And it's like, it's a common language. Like with new people, it's kind of hard to like be able to like speak what you want in certain ways. So like for a person that like knows you, they already know where you want to go with it. So all, all there is is like up from there. Yeah, exactly. You know, whenever I talk to musicians, they always say, when you stick, with, when you're able to stick with the same, similar producers, you know, you just go into this, you're able to go into the studio and not have to spend much time, you know, uh, making small conversation or learning about each other. You can just start working on songs right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, I understand you're, that you're on tour right now. Yes. How did this tour with Rich Chiga come about? Um, pretty much my boy August. Uh, August uh, works with Rich Chiga, and uh, and he just got signed to eighty eight. So uh, August was just playing my music to Chiga, and I guess uh, or Brian. That's his uh, real name. Mm-hmm. So uh, he played it to Brian, and Brian was like, oh, this is dope. Um, I didn't know that, but Ooh. all of a sudden, like maybe like two weeks before the tour starts, I get like a text from him saying like, hey, would you want to go on the Brian, on oh, no, the chicken tour? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're definitely we'll saying yes to that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know, we figured it out. And they said that we were like the top on the list. On the top of the list for um, artists they want to go, so yeah, we figured it out and it just happened. I mean that that it, it's been happening like that for a minute now. Cause last year we did Anderson and it was the same thing. It was like the artists liking or being fond of my music, and then like just reaching out to make it happen. So how has this how has this tour been so far? Any favorite cities? Um, Texas. I mean, but we're in Florida right now, and Florida is like super fun but texas was like the most lit the biggest crowd um yeah it was just kids going like crazy yeah i've heard that from multiple people that texas just seems to be this like great place to play shows and the crowds are crazy there Mm -hmm. yeah they're down for new music so go ahead just turn I don't know, maybe it's a steak. I don't know. Yeah, maybe something like that. I don't... Whatever they're doing in Texas, I guess, is right and perfect for music. Mm-hmm. So, now going forward, uh, going into this project, what are some of your final thoughts on this project? Get it the fuck... I'm sorry, can I curse? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, can I curse? Uh, you, you, can, you can curse. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm pretty much just saying getting it the fuck out. <laughs> getting it out into the world, man. Like... I'm tired of listening to it. I'm tired of, like, playing it over and again and, like, editing it. And, like, just like, God, leave. Like, I just want it out. I want the world to have it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have a baby for, are you, you know, kind of, you know, what is it? Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty much like developing a baby. Mm-hmm. So, I've you know, I've had it for a good amount of months. Well. I'm ready to birth it. I'm, I've been pregnant for a couple of months. <laughs> 
side of the pain. <laughs> just want to get it out. Just want to get it out, man. And it's like it's a lot of great work, you know. So it's like, yeah. Well, I'm certain. I, mean, I want to get some different ears on it, especially when it's like you have the only ear on it, and like the crew around you is like been the only ones with the ears on it. So to get some new ears is gonna be awesome. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, your tour is continuing right now with Rich Shiga. You guys are going to be coming up along the East Coast pretty soon, I think. Um, I'll have to come yeah. to that. I'll definitely have to come to that stop in Philadelphia, uh, yeah, November November fourth. I'll def. I'll let you guys yeah. know if I come to that. I really want to see your uh, your music in concert. Uh, think it'd be an awesome live. Yeah, no, definitely. We have fun. We spaz out. Just you know, just know that if you're in the front, you could get water. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying, maybe like a little bit of motion. But other than that, it's a fun, great time. All right. Well, it definitely sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Again, a big thanks to Duckworth for coming on the show. Remember, go check out him on the Rich Chigas tour right now, as well as look out for his brand new project dropping soon. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Anything Goes with Jackson Neal podcast. Remember, this comes out every single Monday right after the show that airs 6 to 8 p.m. on 107.9 FM WRML in southern New Jersey, so you can catch it live with all the interviews and all the music. Subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, it's there. In the same podcast feed, check out the Jackson Neal Podcast, where I discuss the latest sports and music issues throughout the week. Follow me on Twitter, at JacksonNeal20, for previews of some of the people I'm interviewing, as well as links to all the podcasts and other thoughts that I might just have. Big thank you for all you guys listening. I'll see you all next week.